Hi everyone, I'm Pastor Eric. And I'm Kelsey. And we're here to welcome you to another exciting episode of The Good News in Harry Potter. Today we'll be talking about Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback, or Chapter 14. So Kels, what did you like about this chapter? Well, just the audacity that Hagrid has a dragon in his hut makes me laugh. I think my favorite line from the whole chapter is when Hermione tries to point out to him that he lives in a wooden house. Yeah, I, I, I particularly enjoyed that a little bit. It's not, you're getting a, a picture of Hagrid, which might make you not question why he got thrown out of Hogwarts. Yeah. There's not a lot of forward thinking in this. Definitely not. You see the more impulsive side of Hagrid come out, for sure. What I really liked in this chapter is that Ron got injured. <laughs> As I have been rereading the, these chapters, I have decided that I don't like Ron very much. Yeah, I think that's the biggest disappointment of reading Harry Potter as an adult, is you realize that sometimes Ron just is not there for anybody other than himself. But I did have to give it to him for helping Hagrid feed the dragon. And yes, he did get injured. Well, I guess uh, caretaking of dragons doesn't run in the family, or at least skill in that yeah. matter. I also enjoyed, at the beginning of the chapter, they're talking about studying for exams, and in true Hermione fashion, she has all of her notes color-coded, and she's already studying and stressing out about there's only 10 weeks left, and naturally, Ron and Harry are looking at her like she's overreacting and just crazy. Yeah, there's, if it wasn't for Hermione getting a jump start on the studying, I don't think Harry and Ron would pass these exams. Oh, absolutely not. So as we look at this dragon that that uh, Hagrid has received in a in a poker match, probably the most seedy pot of all time, um, I can't help but thinking that Hagrid just seems completely like blind in this moment. He's just pursuing what is his greatest dream to own a dragon at no no cost or it doesn't matter what it is or what happens around him you just I have a dragon yeah you see him really have no fear of consequences for one the very real fact that owning a dragon is illegal but also everything up to this point we've seen about Hagrid is that he's very caring and nurturing and loving to those around him but in this chapter the dragon injures Fang his dog who he loves and cares for, and then Ron, his friend. And in both instances, he doesn't really seem to have the normal caring Hagrid reaction to that because he's so enamored with this dragon. Yeah, he just says, treats it like it's child and he's gonna be Mama Hagrid. Yep, it's just a little baby. In fact, if, if Malfoy didn't peer through those curtains, I'm not convinced Hagrid would have given up Norbert. No, I don't think so. So for once, Malfoy helped us out. Yay for plot device. So after Malfoy finds out, you see this huge stress seem to rest on uh, our three protagonists as they 
deal with trying to keep this secret. Mm-hmm. Um, it, not so much with Hagrid. Hagrid doesn't seem to, to care at all. No. In fact, uh, 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 he, he, he almost seems to confront the reality that he has to part with Nurbert all the way at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even something that seems guaranteed for him. Yeah, I, I just kept thinking about the fact that these are 11-year-old kids. So on top of going to school and learning to be a witch and wizard for the first time, not, they already have the secret of Nicholas Flamel and the Sorcerer's Stone, and now they have this new, even bigger secret because it's impending doom, basically, that Hagrid has this dragon. And it's like, how much more can you put on these 11-year-old kids? Yeah, it, it says when the dragon wags its tail and hits the side of the house, the whole wall shakes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to imagine Harry and Hermione carrying this dragon under a cloak up a tower. And I kept thinking, how is the dragon not making any noise? Or biting them. Yes, or shooting out sparks. So what, what we get here with Hagrid really, I think, is a... Uh, a classic case of temptation. He seems enamored with this one goal and this one prize, which is owning, which must be the most, you know, mystical of all magical creatures. You know, it's the one that you think of uh, that pops up into your mind the most under like lore or anything is a dragon. And Hagrid receiving this dragon just doesn't care about the rest of his life doesn't care if it literally burns up around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it really speaks to temptation and also the mysterious way in which he got the dragon and figured out how to take care of the dragon. It all seems very sketchy, very illegal, and still Hagrid just doesn't care because the opportunity to have this baby dragon and be a dragon mother is just too good to pass up. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the book kind of glances over that part, but what back alley CD card game yeah. is Hagrid regularly going to where, you know, mythical creatures are traded in the pot? Yeah, I've never heard of a poker game that has a dragon egg or any sort of creature as the winning prize. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine you just coming home uh, 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 to your husband and you have a dog with you and you're like, well, where'd you get that dog? <laughs> I, you, I won in a poker game. game. No, everyone would give you a very weird look the rest of your life mm-hmm. when you talked about your dog. Absolutely. So in this incredibly sketchy situation, Haggard gets this this one thing that he's wanted his whole life and just lets the rest of his life almost seemingly fall apart around it. Doesn't care that Ron got fit, his loyal dog Fang gets injured. He, you know, doesn't seem to care all that much. Um, He's placed this undue stress on these 11-year-old kids who are literally parenting Hagrid and saying, no, you can't have that. Uh, All because this is what he's always wanted, you know? Uh, it makes me think of what's the one thing in the world that I would pursue with such abandon uh, 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 that I wouldn't care about the rest of my life. 
I can't think of anything offhand as as tactical as or tactile as a as a dragon, but there must be something somewhere in the recesses of my brain. But this is kind of how temptation works. You're offered something that is too tantalizing to pass up, that your mind just focuses on it and you get a tunnel vision and nothing else seems to matter. And our world kind of brings us up in this low key temptation like that. We have these ideas of what kind of future we want for ourselves. What's the idyllic retirement or the, the idyllic job or anything like that where you have the picket fence and the 2.5 kids and a loyal and trusty dog with you. All these things that you might want to pursue and forsake the rest of your life. Yeah, I, I think it really does just make you think about what would push you to go to that length to just pursue something with such abandon. And, you know, it's a good reminder of Jesus in the desert. Yeah, the, the classic temptation story. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus and the devil wander around the desert for 40 days, and every once in a while the devil pops up and will offer Jesus something. Now, the first one isn't doesn't seem that great, like, you know, have some bread. Yeah. But the, the game keeps on getting risen and risen until it's all the kingdoms of the world and all the riches. Um, what would you do for all that? Yeah, it makes me wonder at what point would I break? You know, I think I could pass up the bread, but is it kept getting harder and harder to turn away? I think there's uh, an old phrase that says everyone has a price. Mm -hmm. And it's just about figuring out what that is. So as Jesus is the example of how to deal perfectly with temptation, it's important to remember that ourselves in our own lives as we might get glimpses of that thing that we desire most that can cause the rest of the world to fall away and cause us to act like we're almost in an addiction, like Hagrid here with Norbert. That Jesus shows us another way, that there is a way of abundance for all and life for all that doesn't have to burn down everything else in your world doesn't have to hurt your friends or your family or or radically, you know, take away everything from you. So it's important to remember as we head throughout this season of life that there is something more than our deepest desires. That those things can often lead us back into sin, but Christ is there and offers us abundance in ways that can overflow our hearts. And so I urge you to keep that in mind as you move throughout your week. And we hope you join us next week when we chat, tackle chapter 14, 15. See you then.